Hello and welcome to Need to Know, your weekly baking podcast covering everything from the hottest trends in entertainment and baking to trusted expertise on your favorite pastime. I'm your co-host Gina Brzao, s'mores obsessed and amateur baker at best. As always, I'm joined by professional chef, cookbook author, and creator of Bigger, Bolder Baking, Gemma Stafford. Hi, Gemma. Hi, Gina. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Getting into the holiday spirit. Yeah, I'm very excited. The house is all cozy. I love it. I have our tree up. I know. It looks so nice. got the heat on. It rains today. It's been raining all day in LA, guys. It's great. It's so great. But so, I feel like no one knows how to drive in the rain. They don't. It's like the highway is just craziness. Yeah. But yes, very grateful it rained. Um, So today we're kicking off our hot from the oven with a cake and a celebrity that are kind of taking the internet by storm right now. So I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but Tom Cruise apparently gifts all of his famous friends every Christmas with this now famous cake. And the cake is from a family-owned bakery called Doan's Bakery in Woodland Hills, California. And it's a coconut bunt cake with chunks of sweet white chocolate, layers of cheese frosting, and dusted with toasted coconut flakes. So apparently Karen created this uh, in 1984 when she first opened her business, but apparently Tom gives this to everyone, like Kirsten Dunst, Renee Zellweger, everybody he is friends with, like that is an A-list celeb, gets this cake, which I thought was kind of a fun idea, like gifting a cake. Yeah, it is. It's fun. The reason I'm hesitating is I feel like I've heard something before where he does gift weird things. Does he? I don't know. Like I feel like... Yeah, like on your birthday, you get like something random. But that is good though. Like I do like the idea of cake. Cake is is a good idea. I guess, so apparently he learned about it from his then ex, his ex-wife now, which was Katie Holmes. And she learned about it from Diane Keaton. This is all allegedly, yeah. of course. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's interesting because coconut is one of my least favorite flavors. Really? Oh, yeah. Coconut's yum. Oh, coconut bundt cake to me. I mean, I love a bundt cake because they're more moist, right? They That's are more fair. moist. Yeah, they're he- they're heavier and they're more moist. There is um, my mom makes this pistachio chocolate one, and it is the best thing ever. Yeah, of course, because it's chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I thought that that was a cool idea. So if anyone needs a gift idea, maybe a cake, and I maybe like check out this bakery. Is there like a favorite cake that you have that you would love to give? Yes, your friends and. I have to say that, so in, when we lived in Santa Monica, we were two blocks away from this famous bakery. It's only, only famous in LA really, mm-hmm. um, called Sweet Lady James. Oh yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> and it became so famous because I think Oprah put it on her, um, which is a list. list yeah, yeah, yeah. of like her favorite thing, her favorite things list. Right. And I can't remember what cake she put on there, but it was one of their pies or cakes from Sweet Lady James. And then she has it, I think. Like somebody deliver it from Santa Monica to Montecito where she lives. Oh wow! Like, which is two hours. <laughs> yeah, away. that's very far. But um, they anyway it, in Sweet Lady Jane's. It, so they do a nice job. It's a really fun. There's only I think there's like two of them. Like only yeah. two are like no, I don't think there's three. I think there's only two. Um, but they they do a nice job. Like it's not, it's not like the best bakery in the entire mm-hmm. world but it's a really nice vibe the cake cabinets are always full of these like beautifully oh, decorated cakes they're like these mile high cakes um it's just really fun but um this is the vibe of it's so nice they serve um 
you would sit down with like friends and you'd get like a cafetiere of coffee. What's a cafetiere? It's a, um, a press, a coffee press. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Like a French press? Yeah, French press. Okay, okay. And you would like get a, a, that for the table and then you would get like these huge slices of cake, which are like <gasps> a $9 each. They're, they're, they're like a quarter of a size of cake. Yum. And sorry, quarter of a cake. And um, they're just, yeah, it's a really fun place. But anyway, long story short, my favorite cake, I think ever, is a princess cake from Sweet Lady Jane. Wait, what? Really? Yeah. So this you know, is big. Your you know favorite I, cake yeah, ever. Honestly. So do you know what a princess cake is? No. So princess cake is a Swedish, traditional Swedish cake that is fondant on the outside. It mm. has marzipan, which is the almond. Yes. You like all those things? Oh, yes. You should be able to Sugary. Hate those it's yeah, sugary. Yeah, super sugary. It has this kind of like... I, I dare I say this kind of cheapy frosting. Okay. That's like you're kind of, I, every time I eat it, I'm like, I don't want to know what's in this, but it's <laughs> but super I'm just gonna delicious. Keep eating it. Yeah. It's a little bit like that thing about Cool Whip. It's like this, I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna just, eat no, it. No, I don't ask questions. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna eat it. <laughs> but um, it's really delicious and it has jam in there as well, but it's a really moist cake, but it's all these different layers and it's like this green fondant on the outside. Like it's, like it's vanilla. Oh, I'm going to have to try it's this. Almondy. The princess it's cake. so yummy. So you can find it in lots of places, um, but they, they did a really good job there. And um, so I used to get it, like, honestly, I lived there for eight years. Right. I got it, I, I don't know, maybe twice a year or something, like very rarely, but I kind of feel like um, I would love a piece, a, a slice. Piece. Maybe for my birthday in January, yeah. maybe I'll get a slice. Oh my gosh, I'm a January birthday too. Are you really when? Yeah, January 3rd. Oh, my 28th. Okay. Capricorn? Aquarius. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I digress. Anyways, well, my little last question on this, since we're talking about our favorite cakes, I figure he has to like ship these to people because, you know, oh, they're for not sure. all... What's the practicality of doing that? Like if you were to pick up a cake at a local bakery, is there something special you have to do or do you just ship it and hope that it's not stale? I think they put it in like special boxes where like okay. it's held in. I just see, here's the thing. It's like, don't turn this box upside box upside down. No, it's down. a mess because if you shake it. Because like, frosting everywhere. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I, I have received like pies and things before mm-hmm. where it does come in a lot of packaging. Okay. Which I think is kind of a little bit wasteful, but yeah. it's, it's how you ship stuff right. across the country. Huh. Good to know. All right. Well, cakes, who knows? If you need if you need a last minute idea for a gift, yeah. cakes seem to be like the hit. For That's it. a good idea. I like that idea. Me too. And it's yeah. like not wasteful. It's something someone's gonna use because they'll eat it and yeah. they'll share it. I like it. Uh, okay, so moving on to other celebrity recipes or celebrity favorites during the holidays. Taylor Swift, I saw, has these chai tea eggnog cookies. That's really, I already knew. Really, we had the same reaction. That's really makey uppy. It's weird, right? It's I was like, just, what? It's like, I'm going to make a cookie and it's matcha, <laughs> raisin, and coffee. It's yes. like, no, it's like, none no. of those no. things should be put in a sentence well, together. So apparently it's a chai tea sugar cookie, which, okay, by itself, I'm like, that could be nice with a cup of tea. You're eating the Maybe tea. Maybe by itself. Yeah. yeah. But then she frosts it with an eggnog icing no right I do not like eggnog at all I it's not my so here's the thing about eggnog number one I think Taylor Swift should stick to her day job because that (laughs) doesn't sound like the most appetizing cookie sounds awful um but um the thing about eggnog I think because somebody asked me about it recently about it recently and I kind of don't I, I don't really have 
an opinion and I tell you why I feel like it's one of those things that is kind of like nostalgic like Mm -hmm. you grew up with it like your mom and dad used to make special yeah so it's one of those things that you have like food memories associated with where it's like this was a nice time during the holidays my we used to and homemade or not or whatever we used to have eggnog and I never had that because eggnog's not a thing in Ireland okay so I kind of think like if people do love it it's because they associate it with a nice time yeah good not memory. because it's the best drink in the world but um there's also like like there's you know things that I grew up with that are like that really like well even like say for instance shortbread around the holidays mm-hmm. so like the Scottish shortbread like that would be a cookie that we would have we don't really have Christmas cookies in Ireland okay but you would often get shortbread at, uh, as gifts mm-hmm. during the holidays and like so that's something that that particular Scottish shortbread so the thick fingers reminds me of the holidays and like of a nice time like when I was young so oh, I, I, I get that. it like I, I get how people yeah. would like they like it because of a certain reason and not because it's the best drink in the world I don't hate it I just I'm just not into it yeah it's like anything this is a dumb question maybe but eggnog homemade is it just like milk and I've never even looked into it because eggs just make me want to vomit. But you bake. I know, but they're just, they're hidden in a cake. Yeah. Anything that's eggy or... Really? Yeah, I can't do it. I can't no do eggs. it. Um, so, wait, what was your first How question? would you make a homemade eggnog, How I guess? I, so I know this because I have one um, on the website right now. And so I made it this year. So okay. it's the first time I had it. And you do, so it's a lot of egg yolks. And sugar. And then you heat up milk and cream. And I think a little bit of cinnamon or nutmeg. One of those in, in there. Then you just, you add the eggs to the milk. And then you like cook it a little bit, make it nice and thick. And then, well, I had this discussion with Zach earlier. It was like, I'm down with eggnog as long as it's served warm. warm. Cold eggnog. That Bizarre. doesn't seem right. No. That really <laughs> doesn't seem right. Like, this is something that should be served warm. And then also... Um, I do like a bit of a boozy drink. So mm-hmm. like I definitely would gravitate more towards the one that has like bourbon in it or yeah, whatever. Like yeah. a splash, just, just a little kick of something. Right. Rather than just the straight eggnog. It just doesn't sound good for no, digestion. No, but it has to be warm. Yeah, I agree. Like, so Or it can be an icing, according to Taylor Swift. No, no, Taylor, no, you're wrong. <laughs> so what would your favorite, ho- I know you had your matcha raisin one, but if you had to combine your favorite holiday flavors in a cookie, what would yours be? Well, I, mm, I, I would, so is that the same as what's my favorite holiday cookie? I guess. Yeah. If it doesn't, if it exists, then fair. I'm not a fan of like, you know, the way you see like a chocolate, a fudge chocolate cookie with peppermint smushed yes, into the top. Like yes, that's yes. not my jam <laughs> at all. Or like a gingerbread cookie. Oh, I like, uh, I really like Linzer torts. Oh, sorry, Linzer, Linzer cookies. What are those? those uh, it's, it's, it's those Austrian cookies that are kind of like cut out. So you have this okay. almondy flavored uh, cookie dough, like mm-hmm. really almondy. Sometimes, and they also have a bit of almond extract in there. Okay. And then you fill them, you sandwich them together with raspberry jam. Oh, that sounds delicious. And they're just, and they're a little bit salty. They've got like that almond flavor. And like, yeah. you just, I don't know, you I. Honestly, I remember like last year we made them and I, I ate a lot. I might have to do that because that sounds really good. I love anything with the jam, yeah. especially during like the holidays. Especially raspberry jam. Yes. Um, that's one of my favorites. And then another one is, you know, the, so this is a new cookie to me because I only had it 
like in the last five years, the snowball cookies. Oh, they're those crinkles. No, not the crinkles. Oh, oh, oh. The um, so the ones that look like snowballs. No, I don't think I've had those. They're um, Co- are they coated in like a powdered sugar? In powdered sugar yeah. too, and they look like little snowballs. And what they are is just a very sh- soft shortbready cookie that is mixed with usually pecans or something, oh. or maybe walnuts. Mm-hmm. I make mine with pecans, and you toast them beforehand so they get all like so roasty good. and toasty. And uh, you chop them up really fine, then you mix them into the cookie. They're super delicious. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I have a lot. You guys have a lot of baking to do because Gem is giving us a lot of good ideas. We have a lot of Christmas cookies on the website. On the website. Okay. So yeah, definitely go check that out. If you guys are stumped for what to make this year, you want to try something new. Speaking of Christmas recipes, the Royal family just shared the palace's official Christmas pudding recipe. Oh, interesting. And I know that you and I have talked about, it wasn't Christmas pudding that we talked about. It was a bread, fruitcake. Right? We talked about fruitcake with the alcohol. Is that the same thing? It's it's similar but different. So what you're talking about with the Christmas pudding, that's a steamed fruit cake. Yes. Uh, We talked about fruit cake cake, which is just cake in a loaf pan, loads of fruit. And then the alcohol. And then alcohol poured on top. Okay. So this one. They're similar but different. Okay. Is this one, the cake cake is denser? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, the steamed one is is still dense. It's loaded with fruit. It's all the same thing. Let me tell you, when you go, when you do Christmas in England and Ireland, mm-hmm. your the sweets you're going to be having, there it's loads of dried fruit, <laughs> loads of sugar, spices, citrus, booze. Like that's it. That's it. That's it. And we make it in the form of cakes. And they all look pies, beautiful. Pudding, right? <laughs> everything. You do it like lots of different ways. Well, okay. So I was reading. Th- first of all. The amateur baker in me was a little overwhelmed because it mentioned parchment paper, foil, muslin, basins. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't even know if this is a beginner yeah. recipe, how difficult this would be. Could I try this? It's not a Gina recipe. Yeah, Let's okay. put it like that. It's not, an, it's not for us amateurs. And then the the list of ingredients, there's so much. There's raisins, currants, sultanas, mm-hmm. mixed peel, suet. What is suet? What is that? Suet is, so these are all, all these ingredients are very common yeah. that you have in, in uh, Christmas pudding, Christmas cake. This is what we, this is what we bake with during the holiday season. Okay. Suet is the, I won't say like congealed fat that they find around the kidneys oh of a pig. Oh my God, what? So and around the kidneys of a pig, you have this hard fat. Okay. And what they used to do was, they so in, they'd make mince what we call mince meat, meat. which is like the sweet, Mm -hmm. uh, it's all those things again, all that fruit, sugar, booze, spices, all that stuff. And then they would, uh, they would add in kind of like ground suet. So they pass it through a machine and they would like make it really small. Okay. What I do instead, so that's very traditional. Doing suet is very traditional and it's still done to this day, but it means that the recipe is not vegetarian. Right. Um, so what I do, there's some guy pulling into my driveway. Yeah. Um, the, then what, what I do though, is I replaced that with butter. So you oh, still get the fat, so you can do the, okay. still get flavor. That's good to know. Um, but it's just that like, it, I don't know where to find suet. Like there's a British shop yeah. in Santa Monica. I can get suet there, but I'm not, I never, I don't need to have suet. You don't need to go out of your way to no. get it. Okay. Yeah. And then it mentioned beer, rum, demerara sugar. Dem, um, demerara. D- d- sorry. No, I'm pronouncing it wrong. Demerara. Um, demerara. 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 Uh, Demerara. Demerara. Okay. Sorry, when you said it, I was like, no, <laughs> I'm botched it. No, I'm botched. Demerara sugar is a type of brown sugar. It's quite moist. It's heavy. And it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of like, it's a, a wetter type of sugar. Very sandy. Huh. And do you have to compact it like you do with brown sugar? Yeah, you baking? probably should. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
So is this something that we would find traditionally on your holiday table or? Absolutely. Really? Yeah, all of this stuff is very traditional. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And we got this more than likely from the British. Right, right. Oh, good to know. It was just interesting because I feel like many, you know, the palace is known for their great food and recipes and it was cool that they were actually sharing it with their followers. I I thought that was really nice. So next up, we're going to do some baking tips and then sort of find out what your holiday baking tips are. I want to see if you agree with some of these. I probably don't book one. Okay. (laughs) You might actually. Okay. Keeping staple ingredients out on the counter, like the butter, the eggs. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, No fail recipes. So to do something safe, like if you're having trouble to do a holiday sugar cookie, is that like the easy recipe you would recommend? Yeah. Like if you're, if you, if you're a fair weather baker and you only bake this time of year, like do sugar cookies. Like me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Like do sugar cookies. And you can decorate them, make them fun. But do you know what? Like make your dough, like cookie dough is, is like butter, sugar, raising agent salt and flour mm-hmm. like make your cookies it's so simple oh good to know. all right and then this other one I thought was interesting because people don't talk about this often if you're going to get your treats from a bake shop that you should put your orders in early at the latest by the 20th maybe I suppose that depends on the shop okay yeah I don't I, I honestly like I never I I've never ordered desserts when you were okay I wonder when you were a personal chef and when you were doing all of those things for I know that family that we had talked about I think my first episode do you have any like fond memories or one that sticks out about prepping for the holidays or like a crazy thing that someone requested or was it all pretty normal I just remember like doing vast amounts of like Chris uh uh, mince pies which is what it going back to exactly what you just talked about yeah mince meat making into mince pies um doing puddings no like it's all very for like in Ireland I was usually there at these times and it was Mm -hmm. all very traditional okay so what's your thought on gingerbread houses that just popped into my head I think that's a thing now okay but in Ireland yeah but like because of the American influence like for instance Black Friday is a thing now all around the world which like I mean I never in my life have I heard of Black Friday before I moved to the United States. Right. So it's just one of those things that like got more popular. It's more popular. It's more uh, world. You know, it's it's you know with the amount of TV and mm-hmm. entertainment we get from mm-hmm. the United States, it's like all those they're, they're fun traditions. They never were our traditions, but now they're start. People in Ireland are starting to do like gingerbread houses. I always loved decorating them as a kid, but then I never wanted to eat it. Oh, I'm like, this is it. gross. <laughs> yeah, my hands have been all over it. It's been sitting out it's for been, like three weeks. And the, yeah, and then the package that you get, I'm like, this is never fresh gingerbread. No, even in the when it's fresh out of the package. So I don't know. I'm, I'm pro making your own. And I think that actually might be fun to make your own. How hard would that be to make your own giant sheet of gingerbread? And then you could sort of cut the house out yourself. Yeah, super easy. Super easy. I do have, um, might be a little bit late now, but I do have a template on the website oh, to do your own one. Oh, cool. Okay. So guys, Jeff, definitely check that out if you want to make one. Or even like maybe like a Valentine's Day themed one. That could be cute. I haven't seen a Valentine's Day. I have seen Halloween. I've seen Halloween this year. Yeah, yeah. So crazy. All right. So next we're going to transition to our grain of salt. And Gemma is going to tell me if this is myth or fact. If the pie dough is easy to roll, you've added too much water. That's kind of true. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Your pie doughs should always be on the drier side. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. They should be. 
Um, if there, so I've tell you what I've done before. We've added for videos to mm-hmm. uh, make them more pliable, things like that. We've added more water than we normally would, just so we're able to handle it. Right. But often for a really good pie dough, you do want them on the drier side. That gives you like the flakiest, best results. Oh. But it does make them more difficult to handle. I've told Gemma this. I struggle with my pie crust, particularly yeah. making enough of it. I'm still. But I did learn the other day that you can do the the like checkered technique so you can cut yeah. out and if you just... run out of pie crust do that do okay. a lashes on top okay I've, I've done that many a time when I, I should have done that yeah through, but then you're like but then nobody knows you're just no. like hey I decided to get really and then you're like it looks top of my pie beautiful that's lovely okay so the next one is which I actually am very interested in the answer for this red velvet cakes have to have food grade color so the red comes from food coloring isn't it all? What else would it be if it wasn't food? Coloring? I also saw that it was a reaction between different oh, ingredients. Oh, I'm sorry. Possibly? It is. Yeah. So go back there again to that. So okay. Say that again. So the next one, which I'm really interested in, is red velvet cakes get their color from food coloring. They don't. They do and they don't. Traditionally, red mm-hmm. velvet cake got its name and the color from the chemical reaction that happened between the cocoa powder, the baking soda, and the buttermilk. Oh. It would get this red hue. Right. Not not, not super crazy. red. No, no, but that's why it was called red velvet cake. Okay. Um then over and then people would add over the years, people started adding color to it to make it brighter. So they started out by adding um beet uh, color, be oh, like color right, from right. from uh, from water left over from cooking beets, mm-hmm. things like that, which would give you a lovely pink color, or even p- a beet powder or something like that. Now, traditionally, like today, you when you see it, and you, especially when you see it's this bright red. red, that's a lot of food dye. Okay, so there is a happy medium, right? Um, but you do, I, I, you know, to get that extra pump of red, like yeah, you do add in a splash of food coloring in there I'll for have sure. To do that, I always think it looks pretty when it's like a nice vibrant color. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't like it when it's too red. It yeah. kind of turns me it's off like, a little bit. It looks bit. a little artificial. Because it's supposed to. Here's the thing about red velvet as well. And this happens sometimes. You end up buying red flavor, red colored cake when um, a red velvet cake is actually chocolate cake. Right. It's not plain cake colored red. I, I also wish that it was paired with different frosting. The cream no, cheese fr- is the best. No, I'm, it's oh, not for me. You know what's really actually what's even better? No, no, not it's not better, but it's, it's just as yummy. Ermine frosting. Ermine. Yeah. So that's what it traditionally was served with, I think. What is ermine um, frosting? Ermine frosting is a frosting. I think it's a southern thing. And you make a roux. Where you, you cook some flour and butter mm-hmm. to start out by making, like the, the way you'd make a sauce. Okay. And then you add that to a frosting and, and you end up with this really thick, oh, oh I don't know what the word is because I, I don't know. It's just, it's a really delicious frosting. Um, it doesn't have the same kind of sourness as the cream cheese frosting Yeah, it's was, too sour. But it is really like, I don't know, the way it just like holds its shape and everything. I don't know, it's just super yummy. So it, traditionally it was ermine frosting and then okay. over the years it became cream cheese frosting was the most popular. I'll have to dial it back and try that other yeah, frosting because it's too sour and not good to me. Uh, oh but I like the cake. I just don't like the frosting pairing. Yeah, frosting is the best part. That's the whole reason I eat the cake. Really? Yeah. I could do no frosting all cake. Could just no, do like a sheet pan of cake. Oh, I love it. Uh, last one is you need baking paper to bake a cake. What else would you use? Can you just put it in the pan? Oh, I you, can. It, you right? can put it in the pan. Yeah, you can. It does make it harder to get out. So baking paper, is that like parchment paper? Yeah. And you just cut the shape of the yeah. pan. But do you need to 
I've seen both techniques. Do you need to put the parchment paper around the rim, like the sides? No. Okay. No, never. I've seen people do that. I'm like, that is a lot of that's, work. That's just a lot. That's not necessary. For, okay. for the for 99% of cakes, that's yeah. not necessary. Okay, good to know. Um, yeah, you do. Put, it, it, buy if I make yourself, paper, your it buys you easier. insurance. Yeah. So just line it with baking paper. So many times I've done the flip over of the pan and tapped it out yeah, and then yeah, like yeah. a and huge sticks. chunk yeah, yeah. is still in there. I'm like, oh, Do no. the baking paper. Use the surgery with the uh, frosting to put it together. Yeah, yeah. Do buy, you know, you can get really cheap packets of pre-cut oh. uh, papers. They come in like six, six ounces. Oh my gosh. Six inches, eight inches, nine inches. Okay. And it makes life really easy. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. If you guys are baking cakes this holiday season. I would do that. So our last section is going to be Ask Gemma. We have a few today. First question is from uh, Jeannie Hernandez 83 on Instagram. They're asking, what can I substitute for cinnamon? I'm allergic. Oh, I'd love to know what recipe they're talking about because that would help. Um, I'm allergic to cinnamon. That's tough. Nutmeg? Yeah, so here's the thing. If if you wanted a little bit of spice mm-hmm. still in your whatever it is, say your cookie or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you could substitute a little bit of nutmeg. But the thing about it is, nutmeg is really strong. So if you were doing like a teaspoon of cinnamon, I would say do like a quarter teaspoon or something of nutmeg. Okay, it can be very overpowering. I didn't know that, but it still will give you that kind of like holiday flavor, Christmassy spice um, situation that you got yeah, that you want. But um, yeah, way less. Way, way less. less. Yeah. Good to know. This next person, um, Swati Paul Maheshwari. I hope I said that correctly on Instagram. Oh, this is cute. They said, I need to know the science behind kneading and bread making. Oh, the science behind it. Um, so the, the science behind it, um, let me make sure I answer this correctly. The... The reason behind it is to develop gluten in your bread. Mm-hmm. The science behind it is to align the gluten strands. So to strengthen your bread. Um, I don't know how much deeper I can get into it than that. That was good enough for me. Yeah, you like that? <laughs> I got to get it. I was like, <laughs> that's good. It's, uh, yeah, so... Um, you know, kneading is, is it's a very important uh, step in bread making. You need to do it to um, strengthen your bread and it, it builds, it, it's what forms the structure of your bread and it makes it strong. Well, I guess another one going off of that, um, Ray Reyna on Instagram asked, how do you tell the difference when you've overneeded? Um, you know, I, I, I think you can overneed. I've never had that issue. I don't think. Okay. Um, I it, can tell you, I can tell you, so I can tell you when you stop kneading, which is you can test the dough to see if there's, if you've developed the gluten and what you do is it's called a window pane. You grab a little bit of dough. Ooh, it sounds fancy. I know, it's fancy. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, this is because we just covered, we're covering uh, in the month of January, we're covering breads in the academy. So nice. like I just, just recently did a big, you know, um, like deep dive into like bread making and all of these answer, all these questions. We, we covered all of this. Wow. But um you can do a window pane test. So when you think you've, you've kneaded enough, you grab a piece of dough and then you pull it apart with your hands like gently. And you know the way you would, um, oh my gosh, like you, you pull it apart so you can see 
and it starts to, the starting sorry excuse me the gluten starts to stretch mm-hmm. and you get kind of this window pane effect where you start to see your hand or the table or whatever behind the dough. Okay. So and if it's holding its shape, it's not ripping really easily. Then you've created it's like a gluten. stretch. Yeah, it's a like stretch a really, thing. Okay. If it starts to rip straight away and you don't get that window pane look, then you need more kneading. Over kneading, um, honestly, I've never I've never had that issue. Would it take a lot of work to overknead a dough? It would take a lot of work. And I'd say what would happen is that your dough would just get very soft. Interesting. Yeah. So you kind of so maybe like as you're going, you would recommend doing that window technique yeah. just in case. Especially if caution. you're kneading dough by hand, you really can get a good sense along the way what state it's yeah. at. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good new trick we all learned. Always saying though, I want to do so I want to talk about something about the um they asked about the science behind the, the kneading of the bread. Yes. There was one thing I wanted to say there. Oh, shoot. It's gone out of my head now. Oh, no. Um, the science behind it. The gluten. Oh, no. So the reason, uh, back again to, so the reason that we do it is to strengthen the gluten. Mm-hmm. So what happens is when the bread uh, creates gases in the oven and the the gluten is strong enough to hold those gases, which end up being all those lovely bubbles in your bread. So that's that's the reason why we develop gluten. Okay. Also, I mean, so we love the it. nice airy bubbles. Yeah, we they love make the it extra yummy. Our last one for Ask Gemma today is from AI underscore Anna on Instagram. This one pertains to me a lot. What is the easiest dinner meal for someone who likes to bake more than cook? Oh, that's a good question. I could get in the kitchen. What do you do? Don't want to know this answer, Gina. (laughs) Is it buffalo sticks or whatever? Mozzarella sticks? No, but I don't know if I... I told Gemma this, but I've been on a big mozzarella (laughs) kick lately. Mozzarella stick kick. And I made like too many to admit. But a lot of the times I will just boil... I'll boil... um, Pasta. uh, Vegetables. Yeah. And I get a rotisserie chicken. Yeah. And so I warm up, I heat up the rotisserie chicken, I'll do like some veggies or, you know. That's a great dinner. Yeah, I keep it easy. No, that's a really good dinner. I I, I have to admit, I'm a big fan of rotisserie chickens. They're so easy. They're so easy. So good. They're $10. Yeah. You get a whole chicken, you can feed it off it for like three days. Yes. Um, And then you can use the carcass for stock. Like, and I love I've it. totally done that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also hard because cooking for a small amount of people, part of the time I'm like, okay, but if I cook this huge meal... I yeah. can't eat it all. And then if you start to roast a chicken, it's going to take an hour and a half to two too hours. Long. I and hate raw meat too. It's disgusting. I can't oh, even yeah. look at it. So, so I guess that would be my suggestion That's a great you. suggestion. Um, you know, I'll tell you what I do. I want to know my guilty secret yes, and I'm going yes. to do it tomorrow night. Oh, wait, on Thursday night because Kevin's going to watch a movie. When I, So I'm a big fan of like not cooking dinner for myself. As much totally. as I love food, it's like it's too if, much work. if nobody's here, it's like I'm not – I'll – I might skip dinner. I might have like a yogurt. I might have ice cream. Mm-hmm. Like I just do whatever <laughs> I want. So normally if, I, if I'm if i hungry, I'll cook off a big bowl of pasta, like spaghetti or linguine or something. And all I'll do is I'll put butter on it, salt and pepper, maybe some truffle oil, maybe some parmesan maybe, oil. but generally I just do salt and pepper and, and curry gold butter. It's delicious though. You can't go wrong. It's the best it's amazing. dinner. Like you never regret it. And, and honestly, this is no joke. I literally cook off enough pasta for three grown men. <laughs> I, I, honest to God, that's the truth. Well, there you have it. There are some for Anna. There are some good 
recipes if you hate <laughs> cooking but you like baking. I don't know if she should take my advice. I guess that's the, what I do. I don't think anybody else should do she it. She could make homemade pasta. That's baking adjacent. That's that a lot of baking work. Adjacent. But, yeah. you know, you never no, know. No, I would say just just put on a big bowl of pasta. Like, yeah. I mean, who's going to be mad at that? No one will know. It's fine. All right, that wraps up this week's episode. I think we talked a lot about bread and we always get a lot of questions about bread. So mm-hmm. as Gemma mentioned, you guys can sign up for the Academy. There's a lot of info coming from there, correct? Yeah, yeah. You can go to biggerbolderbaking.com and then uh, over there, there there's the um, a tab for the Academy. It'll bring you there. We just started our first month in December where mm-hmm. we, we talked um, about special occasion desserts. We just um, finished filming January's uh, course which is for bread making I will I will tell you um just a little uh sneak peek, peek just for the podcast um there's we're doing th- uh, different methods of making breads so we're doing three we're doing different types of breads but all require different methods of making them mm-hmm. so one of them is a traditional Japanese bread where you actually make a roux Nice. We're going back to what we just talked about, right. roux. Another one is we're going to make our own starter, but it's way less work than sourdough. You just, um, you ferment a little dough overnight and then you use it straight away the next day. Oh, like great. really simple. And then I'm also going to touch on the no need method of making doughs, which you don't even need a machine for. And actually I think Gina would be good for you. Sign me up. Yeah, yeah. I'm there. So, um, and then there's other recipes. There's exclusive recipes in there, mm-hmm. um, like long form videos. So if you go to actually academy.biggerbolderbaking.com, like you can also find all the information there. And definitely check out Bigger Boulder Baking's website because a lot of the things we talked about today, if you want to make a gingerbread house, Gemma has yeah, some yeah, info yeah, on there. Still, you know, before Christmas. Yeah. And definitely if you're looking for a Christmas present. Um, Plenty of cakes. <laughs> the, well, I was going to say the Academy is a great Christmas present. Oh, yes. Um, to So you can gift a year or you can do three months or even Such a, month. a fun, unique gift. Yeah. So definitely check that out. Um, as always, you can find me on Instagram at Gina Brazau. You can find me at Gemma underscore Stafford or um, on any platform at Bigger Boulder Baking. Amazing. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next week. Thank you.